Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, February 25th. Plenty of content for us to cover this week on the Mini Break podcast. Three ATP events, two of the ATP 500 variety. We've got two WTA events. I think there's like seven, eight maybe of the top 10 players in action. It might be seven in Doha for the women. And then two really fun challengers in Canada and the U.S. as well. So things are going to be popping here all week long, fortunately for us. Uh, we can also do some other cool things now at Cracked Rackets. Uh, as many of you may have heard, I have now moved to Indy. I'm here full-time living in the same household, actually, as super producer Daniel Westoff. And because of that, we're able to do some really fun content things now, a lot video-related. If you're not already, I'll ask, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've recorded a couple of our mini-break episodes, at least the weekend mini-breaks we do live on video. Uh, those podcast forms going to be exclusive to our Patreon subscribers. And of course, a huge shout out to those Patreon subscribers who have already taken the time to go support us in those ways. They get the podcast form for those of you out there who, you know, maybe you're not able to contribute to the Patreon, which is, co- you know, totally cool. And of course, we still appreciate all of your continued support uh, on uh, for our continued Crack Rackets products for our many, I should say, uh, Crack Rackets adventures. But uh, for those of you who want to still listen to those weekend mini breaks you can find them in video form on youtube on our channel cracked rackets which you can find in by just throwing in the youtube search bar at cracked rackets before we talk about the day's action last bit of tie uh last bit of business to get to have to remind you all that these podcasts are brought to you by our friends at diadem sports as we've mentioned diadem on the forefront of all string and racket technology innovations going on right now in the game of tennis. We just had a chance to sit down with Diadem co-founder AJ Bartlett. That Cracked Interviews podcast should come out this Thursday to talk about all the cool things they have going on there. And look, don't take my word for it. Take the word of professional players, Carousel, Seku Bangora. Uh, AJ also takes the time to tease some of the other fun partnerships Diadem has uh, brewing as well. And look, they've been so kind to us. They've offered us a promo code, the promo code CR50, to get 50% off your order of their strings, of their rackets. They've also got fantastic gear as well. Their hoodies, I've now found out from AJ. Diadem sent a couple of them to Dalton, and he's been holding out on me. He wore one of them when he came over the other night, and they look damn good. So I was going to say darn good. I realize I can say damn good. They look damn good. So, uh, you know, you, you be look, you've seen how, if you go watch the video, you'll see the, the, what I'm wearing and you'll be like, wow, Gruskin looks like a schlub. Dalton did not look like a schlub in that diadem gear. And you can get your own diadem gear by going to their website right now, uh, and getting signed up. And of course, thank you to them for their continued support of the podcast. That being said, this mini break podcast coming to you all a little bit later today. And if you want to know why that is, you can directly blame the action in Acapulco. It's both an AT and a WTA event. That's where we're going to start today's coverage. And let's start on the men's side because, boy, were there some late-night action there. The match I want to start with, the one, wasn't the latest match on the day, but certainly the most eventful. Stan Wawrinka, the number three seed, he goes 6-3, 6-7, 7-6 to knock off Francis Tiafa. What a first-round match. I mean, 
you know, Francis Tiafoe, guy with a top 40 ATP ranking right now, uh, top 40 ATP career high, I should say. I believe his career high is number 25 right now for Tiafo. Uh, he's at, sitting at number 79. That speaks to uh, the struggles he's had over the past year and a half. And I'll take this time to do a little bit more plugging. I wrote a piece this week for CrackedRackets.com called Francis Tiafo, or Where Does Francis Tiafo Go From Here? I'm not going to lie. It's on the longer side. It's, I think, a little bit over 2,000 words for our Patreon subscribers. We actually made an audio version of that podcast, and I believe we're going to be releasing that to the public as well uh, later on this week. But just wanted to give my thoughts on Tiafo because it's clear after you know almost now three full years, maybe even a little bit over three full years on the ATP Tour, he's immensely talented. He's a Grand Slam quarterfinalist. He's made the final, uh, quarterfinals of a Masters event as well, that Masters event in Miami. By the way, he may lose those points and not even get into the draw in Miami this year. And he loses those points. Now you're looking at him tumbling outside the top 100. Now you're looking at him playing challengers uh, for a majority of a portion of the year. And that, you know, there's no shame in that. But certainly that's not where Francis Tiafo expected to be. I think today, February 25th, the two-year anniversary of him winning his one and only ATP title in Del Rey. And I make allusions to that throughout the piece. You want to go check that out if you want to hear more about Francis Tiafo whose struggles we've talked about a bunch recently on our mini break podcast, on our various podcast platforms. But last night, I mean, he brought his best tennis, uh, just scrapped his way through that second set because Stan Wawrinka, I mean, I don't know if this was a testament to Tiafo not returning well. I think there were some aces certainly he could have gotten a racket on, but Stan Wawrinka just had one of those days. 35 aces career high for him against one double fault, made 62% of his serves, uh, of his first serves, excuse me, and <clears throat> keep in mind, he made 72 first serves in the match. 35 were them were aces. So, you know, 48, 49% of his first serves were aces. That's ridiculous. He won 67 of 72 uh, first serve points. Now, for Tiafo, to his credit, you know, he... He attacked the Stan Wawrinka second serve. Whenever he got a clean look, he would go big uh, with his backhand returned. He would move in behind it, and he had success doing that. Wawrinka, 17 of 44 on second serve points, but you know, when Stan was able to play big plus one tennis, when he was able to take that first ball to the Tiafo forehand, I mean, he was able to hold serve, and Wawrinka not broken throughout the match, fights off all nine break points he faces for Tiafo. Hit to his credit, you know, You've seen his first serve can be a weapon when it's on. When he's the one dictating, he's drawing a, a short return or just a, a neutral return that he can have time to attack with his forehand when he has enough time to work that full big backswing and actually get a clean rip at the ball. And then, of course, he throws in his serve and volley as well. He did a really good job throwing in the second serve, kick serve on the ad side, sneaking in behind it now during the tiebreaker. Uh, he threw another second serve on the ad side, kicker out wide. Stan had been sitting on that serve. He'd seen it now like three or four times times during the match, and he's finally able to execute the short angle backhand cross-court return passing shot, uh, and that gave him the mini break in the third set breaker, but Tiafo was right there, man. 64% of his first serves go in, 72% on those points, 59% on his second serve points. Again, he was only broken once in the match. He had more break opportunities than Stan. You look at, you know, he, he was there, uh, but again, he continues to struggle 
in three set matches, and it's because he has an obvious weakness. I, I think the jury is just out. You know against Francis Tiafo that forehand's going to spray, and there's going to be moments where it looks incredible, and it certainly did yesterday, and I thought the backhand looked really good. I thought he did a great job moving forward, being uh, assertive at the net, hitting his first volley uh, just confidently, even if it was only to set up a second easy volley for himself, hitting overheads comfortably. He did all that he could do. Stan Wawrinka just... He overpowers him. He hit through the forehand, and in the end, it was good enough to get through uh, 7-6 in the third. So that was a great match, and that pushed everything later and later. And there was still, I think, the Kyle Edmund... Feliciano Lopez match to go after that, and in fact, Kyle Edmund 6-4-6-1 over Feliciano Lopez, so that was another result, but a couple of other really, really fun matches I want to get to. Uh, let's talk about two young guys. You know, we love the next gen here at Crack Rackets, Alex Dimenauer and Miomir Kasmanovic, two of those guys who I believe that was a next gen semifinal last year in the next gen finals. Uh, Dimenauer come, you know, it looked so good during the ATP Cup, but then wasn't able to play the Australian Open as he was dealing with injury, came back and looked really physically, you know, physically looked fine today. He was tracking down everything, the quickness, all the things he does uh, that that you've just grown accustomed to. Alex Dimenauer on the run, but for Miomir Kasmenovic, rock solid performance, 3-6-6-4-6-3 victory for him. He made 70% of his first serves, 172% of those points, 54% of his second serve points. Perhaps most impressively, he only earned four break chances for himself. He faced 13, but it's Kasmanovic who ended up with three breaks in this match. Dimenauer only two. Kasmanovic able to save 11 of 13 break points. He found first serves in the biggest moments. And, you know, Dimenauer is as quick as they get on tour. But don't show Miomir Kasmanovic short. This is an IMG guy. He's got that ball machine quality to him. You can tell he's just been sitting on a baseline his entire life, ground, you know, pumping out forehands and backhands. He doesn't get flustered by pace. He doesn't get flustered by spin. He's just very fundamentally sound. And he worked Dimenauer around the court. And, you know, Dimenauer is the sort of quick twitch athlete that can go big down the line with forehands and backhands. He's also comfortable moving forward. Uh, but... You know, he just didn't have a weapon to easily hurt Kasmanovic. And, you know, for Alex Dimenauer, who's still working his way back, the big number you point to, yes, he won 74% of his first serves, but Dimenauer only made 52% of those first serves. He only played three more first serve points than second serve points in the match. And that's just not going to get the job done when the margins are this thin. So, you know, not concerning if you're Alex Dimenauer. You have to consider the fact for him that he is still just coming back from injury. But for me, Amir Kasmenovic, the 20-year-old now inside the top 50, new career high of number 46 with the win there. Another win will get him to number 43 in the rankings. I mean, he looks really good. And just you start putting him, you put him on the list with all these other guys. I mean, right now you're looking at players under the age of, let's go stay in my next-gen category of 25 just so we can throw in the older guys. There are 21 pe- players under the age of 25 inside the top 50 right now. You know, Bublik, Nishioka, Kasmanovic, guys like Lorenzo Snego, Ugo Umber, Kasparud. That's almost the middle class 
of this next-gen cohort, right? Guys like Tsitsipas, Firev, Medvedev uh, up at the top, a guy like FAA working his way up. But there are a lot of really, you know, those are maybe the superstars, but there are a lot of really solid players who are going to round out the ATP Top 75, I think, for the next five years. And we're seeing all of them hit their stride to start this 2020 season. Miomir Kasmenovic, a guy who should certainly be included on any of those lists. And so great result for him uh, to get the win over. Over Alex Dimonauer. Another great result for another young guy, Tommy Paul, 6-7-6-4-6-4 over Mackie McDonald. I think above, you know, we've seen Tommy Paul now. He's been healthy for the past six, eight months. He's had the sort of breakthrough we expected if he was going to be able to just stay on court for that extended period of time. You can date all the way back to I think it was 2017 when he had his run at the City Open, when he had his run in Atlanta as well. And it, it was always just a matter of, of when, not if, for Tommy Paul. And he seems to have finally gotten healthy with this win over Mackey. He's up to a new career high of number 61 in the rankings. Another win for him uh, will get him inside the top 60. And I mean, he's surpassed Francis Tiafo. He's He saw his good friend, Riley Opelka, just win his second ATP title. Fritz has done, you know, plays Labor Cup last year. He's done all of these different things. Tommy Paul uh, is a fellow 1997 American, and I think he be- believes certainly that he belongs right up there with those other guys, the former junior French Open champions. Got the pedigree. Now he's got the health and the results to back it. We should say credit to Mackie McDonald coming back from injury himself, the former NCAA singles champion. We all know what he's capable of, um, but you know, for him to just get this match three sets, spend two hour, 20 minutes on court, yeah, ranking-wise for Mackie right now, it's not great. You look at where he's at, I think he still gets to use his protected ranking, but he's number 269 right now in the world, and you know, I'm sure he wanted a win there, um, but still, I think Mackie showed, you know, it's, he's going to work his way back from injury. We will see him, I think, back inside the top 100 in no time. Those are the breakdowns on the men's side, uh, the other results to look at. Uh, it's crazy how late things went. I think it went like till 2.30, 3 o'clock Eastern time, uh, and it was only six matches on the men's side. Kyle Edmund, as I mentioned, straight set winner over Feliciano Lopez. Marcos Giron, shout out to you, Marcos Giron, top 10 American right now in the world. Uh, he gets a first round win here in Acapulco. Marcos about to have a huge chunk of his points come off of his resume as he uh, heads into Indian Wells, but He's up to number 104 right now in the live rankings. That's two off his career, a high of 102. A win tomorrow would put him at number 100, which would be his first time inside the top 100. It would be, you know, for the 26-year-old uh, whose talent has always been evident, but he's dealt with so many injuries. What a what a good stretch for him, and, you know, hopefully he's able to, at the very least, get into Indian Wells qualifying or something. I think he's in line for a wild card right now, uh, so he has a shot at defending at least some of those points because... Because he's displayed close to, if not certainly, a top 100 level over these past 12 months. And then the last one, Adrian Manorino, three-set winner over Cam Norrie, 2-6-6-3-6-3. Really fun match between two lefties as well. That's the men's side. Part of the reason things went so late in Acapulco. The women as well. You know, you had a full slate of matches there. Only three, I should say, on the women's side. But still, uh, Potapova knocked off Schmidlova, uh, 4 6 7 5 6 6-1, Hibino over Roos, 6-3, 6-1, and then Heather Watson, dramatic 4-6, 6-4, win over Coco Vandaway. Things got heated at the end of that one. Coco Vandaway point penalty at the end. I think she got mad with a couple of the calls there. 
but a really good level from Watson. And again, we have day four upon us soon, um, and there should be another uh, a lot of the action getting underway there uh, on the women's side. Players like Kalinskaya, Buzkova, uh, Sloan Stevens, I believe, should be in action tomorrow as well. It'll be a really fun day um, in Acapulco. And then, of course, for the men, uh, you look at the schedule they've got. Uh, they are at, let's see what the day four schedule looks like in Acapulco. We've got, ooh, Venus Williams starting off the afternoon action. She'll play at 4 p.m. Alex Virev, Rafa Nadal, Nick Kyrgios all kicking off their campaigns as well. Sloan Stevens, John Isner, Grigor Dimitrov, FAA. You want it, they'll, they've got it tomorrow in Acapulco. So that's going to be a really fun sequence of events there. Uh, let's flip gears now, though. Let's stay on the WTA range, but let's go across. The country as we have get to look at our friends, uh, maybe the most loaded by ranking of any of the men's and women's events, and that of course is the WT event in Doha this week. You look at just the seeds in play there. Players like uh, Ashley Barty, players like um, Sloane Stevens, uh, Sloane Stevens, excuse me, what am I saying? Players Ashley Barty, Carolina Pliskova. Uh, you look at who the number two seed here this week. Or you've got players like Benchit, Sabalenka, Burtons, Kvitova, uh, Muguruza. I think Sofia Kennan lost earlier today uh, to Diana Yastremska. But this draw is loaded, and we had a really great uh, batch of matches yesterday. I mentioned uh, this, I think, on that podcast when we did it, but Elena Rybakina, I mean, she has been, I talked about her in a piece I did just to give a preview for you listeners out there, uh, what to watch this week on tour when I was talking about this Doha match. I mean, keep in mind, she, uh, Elena Rybakina has played, I think now 22, 23 matches maybe uh, already in this early portion of the WTA season. She's played, I think, five of the possible weeks out there. And she's made finals in every in every single event she's played, um, but the but the uh, the Australian Open, excuse me, where she lost to Ashley Barty in that third round, but she held seed there even as well. She gets another win against uh, Kirstea yesterday, three six six three six one. You just have to wonder how many fumes she has left in the tank. Although, given her style of play, she plays big and she goes after the shots when she sees them. Uh, you know, maybe she can keep that up, but I mean, what a what a phenomenal level from Rybakina, the 20-year-old, early in this portion of the year. I think you look at the WTA race right now for the year-end rankings, and again, it's the end of February, but she's number five, and I mean, her best result in a major was a third round so far. Let's say she makes even one second week, just all of these points she's accumulated, it could really pay dividends for her down the line at a minimum. You know, she, uh, what's the, the elite trophy, I believe it's what it's called, that's the the JV version of the WTA World Tour Finals. It's like players 9 through 16. I think at a minimum, if you're Elena Rybakina, and of course you aim for things like the Olympics and the year-end finals, but at a bare minimum, playing that elite trophy event is something she should strive for uh, during this season. Of course, she gets another good win. Jennifer Brady continues her hot start to the season this time. She's a 7-6-1-6-7-6 winner over fellow American Ally Risk. Really good performance from Jennifer Brady as well. You know, complete dip off in that second set. But for Brady, you look at the things she did well in this match. I mean, it was all working for her. And so, uh, I mean, she came through. It, it, when you're confident and you play two tie breaks, uh, 
there are no worries, right? You're like, oh, I could win this match. I, I've won all of these matches I've played as of late, and for Jennifer Brady in this match, certainly uh, her level of play uh, continued into this one, just so poised in the big moment, so confident to play big regardless of the scenario. Uh, so a great upset win for her. Another American with a great upset win, Amanda Nisimova, 6-3, 6-3 over Alina Svitolina. Uh, you know, for Svitolina, it's a continued struggle. Uh, for her to start this 2020 season. But you talk about it from the perspective of Amanda Anisimova and just where she was at. I mean, she made 78% of her first serve. She won 68, uh, 69% of those points. She won 62% of her second serve points. And then she attacked the Svitolina second serve. Svitolina, 7 of 19 on those second serve points. Uh, you know, that gets the job done. The margins between these two, 61 total points for Anisimova, 53 for Svitolina. You talk about it for, in terms of break points converted, uh, Amanda Nisimova fought off all three break point chances she faced. And so, I mean, it makes a lot of sense uh, that Amanda Nisimova, just from a statistical level, she played aggressive. She played big. Svitolina just, right now, no confidence, no weapon to turn to. She's almost, you don't want to say she's pushing, but she just doesn't feel confident going big with either of her ground strokes. She clearly doesn't feel confident moving forward right now. And when you're not feeling confident playing aggressive, you're sort of forced to just rely on your athleticism. And she's got a lot of it, but evidently, whatever you know, it's just not working right now for Alina Svitolina. And there's still so much time uh, for the 25-year-old to right the ship in this 2020 season. But yeah, I mean, it's been a rough start to Svitolina's year, and a great bounce back win here for Amanda Nisimova to get her 20 season really rocking and rolling. The 18 year old at 28 right now in the live rankings, but has a ton of slam points to defend throughout the year. So any extra points she can get at a match like this certainly crucial. And you know she'll advance to the round of 16 now. Uh, round of 16, excuse me. She'll advance. No, yes, to the round of 16 where I believe she is now going to end up facing. Let's look in the draw. We do not. Amanda Nisimova is going to play Svetlana Kuznetsova. Um, so that's an interesting. Kuznetsova 2-2 two and two over Iga Svitek uh, earlier today. I'm recording this on Tuesday, actually. Uh, so we know that result. Svitek got to that match by knocking off Donna Vekic in an upset win, 6-4, 6-5. Those were the seeds uh, who lost. Oh, and Petra Martic coming off of her final uh, last or semifinal appearance last week in uh, Dubai. 4-6-6-1-6-2 win for Stritskova over Martic as our other upset win. Those were the big results elsewhere. Diana Yastremska, the young 19-year-old who I was just so fond of earlier this year. 2-4 uh, and four win for her over Flipkins. I believe she is now going to play Sophia Kennan in what's a really fun match between two young talents. Zivana Reva, 4-4 four four over C. Burtons, 2-4 over Mukova. Putin Seva, 3-4 over Babos. Ooh, one more upset I didn't mention. Zhang, one six. 6362 over Marketa Vandrusova, who's got a bunch of points to defend during the Sunshine Swing. Um, and has she's off to a rough start as well, I think, for Vandrusova. I believe it was the three set loss for her at the Australian Open to Kuznetsova that knocked her out. And in fact, it was in the first set round, uh, 6-4 there. But you look at her results on the year. Quarterfinalist in Adelaide before losing to Barty, that's fine. First round loss to Kuznetsova. Uh, in Australia, first round loss to Tom Janovic uh, in St. Petersburg, and now he, uh, and then last week in Dubai, 
round of 16 loss for her to Jennifer Brady. So not the start you're looking for if you're Marketa Vandrusova, and she's number 18 right now in the live rankings. I mean, she's only 20 years old, and it's a testament to her talent that she's already top 20. Uh, but she's got a ton of points to defend, obviously, through the French Open. Uh, so for her, it's important she starts getting wins on the board sooner uh, rather than later. And so that that was the other upset. The other match is Sakari. Four and three over Gerges, Suarez Navarro five and zero oh over Zhang, uh, Martin Sova six two three six six two over Doi, and then Conteve four and six over Sevastova. So that was all of yesterday's action. Today in Qatar, a lot of really fun matches set up uh, to get us to the round of thirty-two. I think you look at who we've got in action today. Uh, yeah, oh man. Is this going to be a fun one, folks? Players like Pliskova and Muguruza Tamjanovic, Bardi, Rybakina still in play, Benchich is in play, Putin Seva Mertens should be really fun, Kvitova Suarez Navarro, I already mentioned that, Yastremska Kennen match, Sabalink Kantave, hello. Uh, it's going to be a really fun weekend of tennis, folks. So be sure uh, if you're not if you're a tennis fan and you're not watching the action in Qatar, with all due respect, what are you doing, folks? So that's going to be a really fun tournament there. Uh, a couple others to run through real quick, and we'll do these on the faster note because the draws maybe not quite as loaded as Acapulco and Doha in Dubai. Uh, this is a really fun ATP four uh, four hundred. That'd be funny if they put a four hundred event in there. ATP five hundred uh, event in Dubai. Novak Joe in action. He got straight set win over Malik Jaziri. In fact, most of these results are pretty straightforward, so we can run through them fairly quickly. Djokovic in straight sets. Montfis, Rublev, Hatchinov, also straight set winners. Gasquet, 6-4 over Lloyd Harris. Philip Kohlschreiber, 4-6-6-4-6. Love over Mohamed Sefwat. So that was all of your action on day one. On day two, some really fun matches. Benoit Pair, Marin Cilic, that promises to provide fireworks. And if that doesn't, I assure you, the Sasha Bublik QB her catch match will. Uh, Uchiyama versus Jensen Lewis fun. Air Bear. If Air Bear doesn't beat Nishioka after Nishioka had to travel X amount of, however far it is from Delray to, du- uh, to Dubai after he made the final, literally Sunday, <coughs> excuse me, and is now playing Tuesday. That's just one for Nishioka. This is a scheduling loss, too. I just think there's no way Air Bear doesn't win that match. So that should be a really fun contrast of styles, but I just I worry for Nishioka. We're not going to get his best tennis tomorrow. We've also got Basilashvili, Barankis, Krajinovic, Sosa, Grunaswaran, Novak, uh, Tsitsipas, Krajinovic, I think I already mentioned, Evans, Fodnini, Bautista, Agut, Jan Leonard, Struff. So the action going to get better and better in Dubai in Santiago for the ATP 250. Uh, Again, not too many matches on day one for us to discuss. No seeds going down uh, in the round of 32 yet, but you look at the results that we got there. Suppose a bit of an upset uh, in Roberto Carbeas Beña or Beina. I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly. Uh, taking out Halmi Munar six four four six six four. Hugo Delian, the number six seed six three one six six three over Chechenato. Marcelo Tomas Barrios Vera four six six four six two over Taberner and Tiago Sabeth Vild, the talented young Brazilian six one three six six one over Fasundo Bagnes. I will point out for Tiago Sabeth Vild, uh, you look at where he is at right now in the live ranking Sabathville up to a new career high of number 178 he's had a really nice ATP uh, clay court swing for himself and you look at uh, Sabathville's record right now on the dirt in his professional career and where he's been on that surface uh, compared to the others he's had a ton of success on it you look at his record right now um 
or from 2019, excuse me. He went 31 and 17 on clay, but only had 39 to- total overall wins on the year. So, you know, 31 of those 39, do the math, folks. That's a lot. Uh, so, you know, right around, if not over 75%. So, clear this is going to be the surface. He excels at, and it's legitimate. He's brought it from the challenge challenger level up to the 250s as well. So, great to see him. Um, have this sort of early breakthrough during the South American swing. It's why the South American swing, I am such a fan of it, because you get to see guys like that take advantage of the 250 events of the 500 on the clay in areas of South America where there's not really a highlight. Uh, There's not really big events at other portions of the year. So I do like that. I know others think otherwise. Nick Kyrgios, looking at you, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And we have a fun segment planned on that for a future piece of content we are doing. So a little bit of a tease right there, but it'll be video-related. I think you will like it. That's all the ATP and WTA events. Real quickly, have to mention this because I love challengers, and we're going to take advantage of it when we have two great challengers like we do this week. Uh, Let's start with the draw in Calgary, Canada. Canada, Max Cressy, after winning last week, uh, the former UCLA NCAA doubles champion in action again here in Calgary. But you just look through the guys who have played college tennis here. Ray Sarmiento, Felix Corwin, JC Aragoni, Alexis Galarno's in action, Braden Schnurr's in action, Ben Locke's in action, Julian Lenz, Skander Mansouri, Colin Altamirano, Arthur Rindernick, who's gone championship and final challengers the past two weeks. Ty Kwiatkowski, I mentioned Cressy already. Gage Brimer, the former UCLA uh, standout, is in the draw as well. Alex Rybakov, too. Uh, Nick Chappell, I apologize if I missed anyone, but that's really, really fun. And then, you know, that'll be great tennis throughout the week. And then in Columbus, I mean, all the Ohio State guys in action as well. So if you haven't gotten the chance to see them, guys like Cannon Kingsley's in the draw, of course. Uh, I think I see J.J. Wolf in the draw as well. I believe I saw Justin Boulay's their freshman in the draw, John McNally in the draw as well, though he already lost 7-6, to USC's Roberto Quiroz, other guys, Alex Kovacevic of Illinois, Torpegard, J.J. Wolf, as I mentioned, both in the draw, of course, how could they not be? It's their hometown tournament. Alex Brown of Illinois, also in the draw here. Alex Vukic, Illinois, also in the draw. Martin Redlicky, UCLA, Emilio Gomez, USC, Strong Kirkheimer, Northwestern, J.P. Smith, Tennessee, Sekou Bangora, Florida, Diego Hadou, Dalgo, Florida as well. So that intersection of professional and college folks, it happens all the time and never more so emphasized than when you have two North American challengers in the same week. So, you know, if, if you're not getting enough action from the ATP or WTA, or maybe you just don't splurge right now on a tennis channel on whatever medium it is you watch your tennis, livestream.com backslash ATP folks. Great free tennis. The level is just the same as these 250 events we've all been watching, uh, you know, if not maybe a step down maybe I emphasize that maybe a step beneath that but it's a really fun week of action and of course we will be keeping you up to date on the mini break podcast all week long with those biggest storylines results and controversies that emerge I'm going to plug it again if you haven't already be sure to go check out our website crackedrackets.com 
we are trying to up the amount of writing content we've produced. Yesterday, I came out with just a little primer for you guys of what to watch at each of the different ATP and WTA events throughout the week with some funky predictions worked in there as well. I think it's a nice light piece you guys will enjoy. But then, you know, the deep dive we did on Francis Tiafo, 2,000 plus words, uh, audio form of that podcast should be released later on. I think you all are really going to enjoy it. But go read the piece right now if you could. And please, any feedback you have, negative or positive, uh, let me know at Great Shot Pod or at Cracked Rackets. We, all, of course, would appreciate anything you all have to say. Uh, other than that, what else do we have this week? I mentioned the AJ Bartlett podcast on Cracked Interviews Wise Diadem. I know we've got some other fun players working their way, uh, some interviews working their way up the queue as well. So be on the lookout for all of those things. I know we're not giving away any gear right now, but please like, rate, subscribe, review this podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast, the Great Shot podcast. Uh, share it with your friends. Let them know what they're doing. And we, again, appreciate all of you out there who have already taken the time to subscribe and go check out all of our Patreon content. If you haven't, be sure to go give that a look as well. Shout out to the super producers, Max Schlinger and Daniel Westoff, of course, for the f*** of an editing job they continue to have to do day in, day out to keep things moving here at Cracked Rackets. But one last time for our wonderful sponsors at Diadem Sports, the promo code CR50 there at Aerobar, the promo code Cracked30 for our super producers, Max Schlinger and Daniel Westoff. And from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.